Hello and welcome again to the Cycling Dads podcast, the podcast for dads who ride. I am once again Aaron Thomas-Smith, joined as always with... Devin Palmer, Remax Results. And Devin, we have a uh, we have a, a little bit of a special guest this week's cast. Uh, Aaron, I would like to think that each and every one of the dads who joins us on this podcast is special. All dads sh- are special, Aaron. Sure, sure. All dads are special. Um, but this individual, you you and he go way back. In fact, is it is it your father? It is not my father. He would in my life. I would at best give him kind of an uncle status. He's always weirdly like claimed some kind of paternal status. Like, oh, I always think of it. It's like, Chris, you're maybe 10 years older than me. So calm down with this father talk. But he has been a big part of my life dating back to 2007. 2007. He's been one of my best friends and mentors in triathlon. Um, So he was he was part of my whole career in triathlon from my uh, from my earliest days through my pro days uh, through my retirement. Speaking of your retirement, now that we're th- th- the uh, Phil Phil's whole thing about like worst retirement ever, his journey Phil for Gaiman, fitness. Phil Gaiman will not be mentioned on this podcast. Too late. His whole thing uh, about finding fitness in Phil, retirement. How is un- your retirement going? Phil, not invited. <laughs> not invited on the cast. <laughs> is he a dad yet? No. Okay. <laughs> so. He's not dead material. Anyways, listen, Aaron, I'm in a touch of a slump. We discussed it at great length. The weather has affected my morale. My busyness has affected my morale for cycling. I'm fighting off a deep disinterest in going out for rides. It just has been so chilly. It's been sunny, but chilly and windy. Okay. Have you been outside today? Well, okay, Aaron, confession time. I went for a run today. (laughs) As we've navigated the slightly chilly, the the brief resurgence of chilly wind over the last couple of weeks, my running motivation has been unaffected. I've really enjoyed the running, but my cycling motivation has dissipated completely. So I'm overcoming that. I'm working to overcome that. It's not been great on the bike, but running I've really enjoyed. That's good. I, I believe heard. in you. Yeah. Cross training's good. Yep, that's me, Aaron, yourself. I'm doing I'm doing real real solid actually. It's been it's been one week of back into right like I'm doing four weeks on, one week kind of off, four weeks on, one week kind of off to stave off the inevitable peak and then destruction of all of my fitness. So, um that's been really uh, uh good. Um we I actually did a workout that was uh given to me over the group text by Brandon Krawcheck. Uh, another individual also, who uh, also not invited Phil Gaiman, not invited Brandon, not invited. We're, we're feeling a little bit aggressive today. I see. Um, but, uh, it was a, it was a fantastic, I mean, a very simple, you know, over under, uh, setup. Um, but it was, it was really good. It was very enjoyable and, and I like doing that. So I'm, I, I feel like we kind of are opposites a lot of the time and I'm, I'm up, I'm feeling real good, real happy. Uh, tomorrow is the Birchwood Coffee Ride, which I always talk about, and uh, it's going to be a beautiful day, probably like 60 degrees, no wind, um, just super stoked. Uh, and a, a few folks have been asking me, because uh, I didn't bring it up last week, but um, fasting schedule, uh, I am uh, off of the 3x36 now. I'm back to uh, every day, uh, 16 to 18 
uh, just kind of depending on how I feel. Occasionally, I'll throw in the a nice 20-hour fast in there. Um, but I am back to kind of eating on everyday basis uh, just to try and kind of get all the nutrients I need to, to feel good on the bike and, and feel good while I'm riding. So It seems yeah. like that is more sustainable for just the way we live our lives you know in in cycling or in triathlon training when you get really advanced you might think like oh well i'm gonna live on a 10-day training block it's like okay but that's not how life is organized and i can see that with the those 36 hour stretches our lives are just i can see it becoming a real source of complexity in your already complex life as a busy dad um, well, fasting is one of the weird things that I think as far as diets go, it's very easy. Um, and it's so it, I find myself with an abundance of time when I'm fasting because I'm not preparing food or doing dishes or anything like that. And so it's it's weird because on days when I'm doing a longer fast, I get bored. And then that's what kind of wants to lead to the eating. Right. Like it's a lot harder to tell myself, no, I'm not going to eat right now if I have nothing else going on. So, uh, yeah, I I mean, I I definitely understand where you're coming from. It's, it's a lot easier to do a 16 or an 18. Uh, and it's weird to say that because when I started, which was just over a year ago, 16 and then going on the bike or, or doing a workout seemed so ridiculous to me. And now it's just, you know, it's, you know, and, and just to, to clarify, I do, I am aware of the joke. Thank you all. Uh, on Instagram for reminding me, uh, millennials are the only generation that would uh, call being too broke to buy breakfast a diet. So yes, that is, I, yes, I'm a millennial and I do skip breakfast uh, and I am broke. Okay. <laughs> well, Aaron, let me tell you a little bit more about Chris Worthout of Final K Sporting Services. Unless you wanted to go off more a little bit about how broke you are. No, no, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm happy about the transition. Thank you. Okay, wonderful. I feel like we really, as broadcasters, we're really gelling. We're coming together, smoothing out the rough edges. I couldn't be more pleased with our progress. Sure. Chris is a great guy. Like I said, he's been part of my life in triathlon since about 2007. He founded a junior team that I was a part of, the M-Jets, and he's been... Um, just a, a solid person to help me guide or, you know, help me stay on course um, through the ups and downs of that sport. And he, you know, he runs a coaching company here out of the Twin Cities, uh, Final K. And then he also puts on the Maple Grove Triathlon. They'll be doing that. They took last year off. And then I think that they're back this year. And that'll be, I believe, the third weekend in August this year. And he's you know, he's just been living completely in that world. He's achieved, I think, the highest level of accreditation as a coach through USA Triathlon. So they have level one coaches, which is the base level. That's what I was. Level two, if you pursue a higher degree of education. And then level three, I think there are extra criteria, like you have to work with elite track athletes. Um, so he's he's navigated that system um, and he teaches through USA Triathlon. He teaches a lot of their courses. Um, and he also has his own podcast, the Be Better podcast. I was recently a guest on there. And, you know, Aaron, he and I were chatting. He and I were chatting. It's a podcast. Chat, chat, chat. And your name came up. What? And uh, let me hang on. I'm going to play a little clip for you. I should mention that I have started my own podcast. The Cycling 
Dads podcast, of which you have already committed to be a guest. I have. I have. It's myself and my co-host, Aaron Thomas Smith. We Never heard of him. Great guy. I'm sure. Less hair than you. Not hard to do. Less kids than you. He only has two. Oh, okay. Okay, so he's only 50% of your stats. Okay. But, good guy, we uh, we chat and we're publishing every Monday, the Cycling Dads podcast. Oh, yeah, so okay. I just want to let you know I've been out there really promoting our podcast. I I feel like uh Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes, you did promote the great job doing that. Thank um you. I also uh, I do appreciate the fact that I'm not known by this individual. I it lends cuz that podcast happened before we recorded our episode with Chris. So this I feel like it it colors it in a different way. Uh so I'm glad we were able to play that clip. Uh, I wish I would have listened to it before we had Chris on. Hmm. <laughs> uh, but that said, I, I did really enjoy our conversation with Chris. I was a little bit concerned because when we're talking about again, the, 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 what side of the aisle, right? Are these guests coming on? Uh, this is, uh, very firmly on your side of the aisle. Uh, Chris was, uh, uh, stepfather, I believe is what we got into. And, I was a little concerned about being ganged up on uh, by you two. Just, you know, similar energies. Uh, he is your stepfather, after all. And I was pleasantly surprised that it was a very uh, lovely uh, talk. Aaron, you're welcome. <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is uh, thank you for not beating up on me verbally. <laughs> hey, you're welcome. <laughs> when have I ever? Uh, never, never. Um but with that in mind, why don't we uh, uh, go ahead and roll the interview and uh, we will see you all next Monday with another interview. In the meantime, if you enjoy this podcast, please uh, uh, go on Apple Podcasts, uh, review us, uh, give stars. us a rating, whatever you feel is accurate. It helps us get better. It helps us improve. We really appreciate it. Five stars for your criminal. Here is Chris Swarthout, uh, Final K Sporting Services, and the Be Better podcast. Enjoy. Hello, and welcome to the Cycling Dads podcast, the podcast for dads who ride. Devin, I'm just realizing something. Yes, Aaron, go on. Um, I don't think we need to do the whole intro thing every because we do the intro yeah you're correct during the intro so redundant intros double intro. when we're kind of doing a double intro should we just you like could, you could do a truncated version where you just say you know just like a quick hitter quick hitter cycling dads podcast podcast for dads who ride i'm aaron smith your devin palmer remax results yep got it got it and today we're joined with I'm going to let you do the introduction because this is your guy. You brought oh, him me. on the cast. Oh, okay. Are we going right now? Are we going to use this or? Uh... We're going. This is okay. it. Cold okay. open. Let's make it happen. <laughs> Devin Palmer, Remax Results. I'm I'm here with Aaron Thomas Smith, my co-host. We are joined by our illustrious guest, Christopher Swarthout. Chris, how are you? Good. Chris Swarthout, uh, Final Case Sporting Services uh, at your service. Are you... Uh... Are you trying to match me self-promotion for self-promotion right here? Devin, I can never match your own self-promotion. I am dishing back a wee bit of what I've had to put up with a few times. 
it takes it takes like a next level of uh selfishness to like achieve that shamelessness zen, shamelessness. shamelessness selfish selfishness it's kind of it's kind of working together for you narcissistic uh embrace of one's own uh unique person that would be better. i'm self-aware and i am self-interested I mean, he is woke as mf Speaking now, of narcissism, uh, Chris, I believe how you wanted to be uh, introduced today was that you are Devin's mentor, responsible for every one of his, uh, what was it, personal successes, yes. um, but not responsible for any of his failures. Is that correct? Exactly. I, I've never taught Devin to fail. I've only taught Devin to succeed. Um, and every time I have taught him to succeed, he has. And when he hasn't listened to me, I would, I could probably draw a firm timeline as to when he deviated from my advice and then went down a path of failure. I could say that every time. I right? mean, it sounds, it sounds like you're a great coach and he's just maybe a poor student. He is a hard headed SOB who has been the bane of my existence for more years than I care to count. Um, but unfortunately that, that hard headedness has driven himself into a place in my heart that I couldn't dig out if I had to. Um, so yeah, Devin's like the stepchild I don't really have anywhere. And, and Chris is like the semi-negligent stepdad I never knew I needed. Yeah, I like a Disney Disneyland stepdad. Yep. That's, that's how I'm going to... When I'm when I'm winning the Lifetime Amateur Race in 2009, there's Chris with a big hug, you know? Absolutely. Biggest hug and a small kiss. <laughs> when I'm dropping out in shame and disarray and quitting racing as a pro from Ironman Arizona in 2014, suddenly Chris isn't around. Walked away. Walked away. I've dealt with uh, yeah, top of top of old sock pass, trying to you know convince Devin that he's uh, still got a card to play, and he's telling me right back, nope, dropping out at the bottom of the downhill here. <laughs> I walked away. Threw 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 his card in the in the uh, trash. Never talked to him since. See, I. Uh, I was wondering if perhaps the reason he wasn't there because he wasn't in Arizona, but you were, you were on the race course at Arizona and that's when you abandoned. No, Devin. we're talking about wildly different Ironmans. He's talking about when I dropped out of Ironman Wisconsin in 2011. I'm talking about when I dropped out of Ironman in Arizona in 2014. I've dropped out of five Ironmans. I finished four. Chris, you witnessed maybe only one of the dropouts, but you were there. You raced. We raced Ironman Arizona together. It was my first Ironman. I would say I participated. You tried, and we won. I think we both finished the year we were both there. Yep. Oh yeah. I was there. I got pictures of us in the in the finish tent. I think I beat you, didn't I? Yeah, because I mean, I went nine oh four. So you must have been just under nine, right? I was. I was right behind Chris Lieto. Um, yep. Actually, he uh, going to correct you right there. He did pass me on the bike. He swam a little slower than I did. No big deal. He passed me on the bike, but then he walked it in the run. He was just checking a box to uh, help him qualify for Kona the next year. That's right. I was just checking a box to qualify for Kona as well. I just turned yeah. out a lot. So, I mean, yeah. that was kind of <laughs> just turned out. So, Aaron, here's a little here. Let me fill in some gaps here. Um, yeah, I'm wild. You're lost. Confused. First of all, we're talking about triathlon. I know that's outside of your wheelhouse. You're pretty. You're a pretty narrow worldview kind of a guy. So I'm a roadie. It, mm, mm. Oh, let's, let's be honest, Devin. Triathletes are the people that roadies hate or love to hate. So just kind of give a perspective. Every person you've cursed out, Aaron, on a group ride or at some some ride outdoors, he said, who the F is that that doesn't know how to ride either in a group 
with another person or in a bike that doesn't have protruding spikes coming out the front, that would be a triathlete. Chris, Chris, I don't have hate for triathletes. I have what I would call a mixture of uh, pity and also uh, just a little bit of like an altruistic, like I'm trying to help when they come on the group ride. I'm like, OK, I understand that these bars are confusing because they look like they've melted. But no, the drop actually serves a purpose. Uh, and then, and then we just take it from there. I, I, and in all seriousness, I have nothing but respect for triathletes because y'all do incredibly physical feats that I just could not do. I tried running for a year. Devin knows this. Uh, I was horrendous at it. Um, the extent of swimming that I do is in hot tubs. So I, nothing but respect and admiration. Um, and, and because of that, when they come on the roadie group rides, I want to help them kind of absorb a little bit of our culture, but I'm really curious for this conversation to understand a little bit of your culture and you're just slinging it left or right. So keep it coming. So Chris and I go back to the year 2007 in 2006, I did my first four triathlons. 2007, Chris and his partners were launching a team, a uh, junior team, and I feeling very high on myself. As I said, I'm self-aware, self-interested. I knew, oh, I definitely need to get on this junior team. And I reached out to Chris's old partner. uh, His partner put me in touch with Chris. Chris was like, yep, here's the tryout date. Come on out. And I showed up. I was 19. It was the middle of winter. I had a full beard. I had raced Triuma, the U of M indoor triathlon the day prior. It was early Sunday morning when I did the tryout. I was a little anxious, like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? Like, uh, there must be hundreds of aspiring young athletes. And there were, there were not, there were not, uh, but there were enough of us. And I, I did just well enough to, uh, to scrape onto the team. Uh, though I did point out, and I will continue to point out, I did win the Triuma. Okay, and I do believe I also set the record. Whether that still stands, I'm not certain, but I did win the Triuma the day before. So you won an indoor triathlon. Yes, I did. Aaron, it's like Zwift, but it was still a real race. I'm confused. So the indoor triathlon, I'm assuming the swimming is done in a pool. Actually, so Triuma was an interesting format. You got in the pool, you swam for half an hour, max out your distance, then you have a grace period of transition, maybe five minutes, get on a stationary bike, again, half hour, try and max out the distance, another little grace period transition to a treadmill, and just try and max out the distance for half an hour. So it's, you're graded on the total distance you can complete. Yeah, that's like a sprint of sprint triathlons. Yeah, and it's it's unusual, because usually in a sprint triathlon, uh, the bike might take half an hour, but the run would only take 15 to 20 minutes. And the swim is usually only 10, 12 minutes for a sprint. So having a half hour swim was unusual. But Chris's team, the MJET, Minnesota Junior Elite Triathlon team, MJET team launched in 07. Um, so that's when uh, that's when we got to know each other. Um, and he was just trying to get this thing off the ground. And it was a great tool to help um, help your business in general as a coach. And uh, yeah, we had some interesting athletes the first year. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was really, I, when I started, I tried to create the, I, I tried to model a pro cycling team. I like, I had the kids all dressed up in the same uniforms. We had, they got bikes, they got wetsuits, they got all kinds of swag and gear at sponsorships. It was actually pretty legit. And I wanted to be like Bjarne Reese. That's who I wanted to be. I wanted to run team CSC at the time, except for kids in a junior team, because there weren't many 
of these big, uh, this was a, kind of the beginning of the junior elite program, which was a national program. We were one, actually one of seven introductory teams in the United States, and we were by far the smallest, but I think we had decent results. It was kind of built around a couple of couple of engines. We originally decided we wanted to have four women and four men, or boys and girls. Um, we couldn't actually scrape up enough girls, and I don't know if it was intimidation, Devin, if the people didn't want to come out, or they felt like they weren't good enough. Um, but we traveled. I mean, we did, we had, like I said, we had, um, we had travel events. We went down to Tuscaloosa. I drove these kids in a white van that actually had windows. It wasn't creeperish. Um, <laughs> we, did, we did training camps at the Olympic training center. So I used my, my credentials with USA triathlon to get us into the Olympic training center for a week. So the kids slept in the dorms. We ate in the, we ate in the mess hall, trained in the pools. We did, you know, went in the strength, went in the workout room. We did, we trained at the Olympic training center, which not many, people actually got that chance to do. So, I mean, it was, it was a high level program for a very, very small focused group of people. Um, I feel like it had good results. You think, you know, think of, uh, you know, the people that came out of it. We had a couple of D one athletes that came out of it. Devin was a pro athlete. We got a couple of doctors, um, Abby Tracy. She's actually a, uh, uh she's, she's a, a Fox news host now. She's not at Fox. She's a vanity fair weirdo. She's a, no, she's a Fox news on air personality. She is. She is basically uh, the female Sean Hannity um, right now. No, she's not at all. Not. Uh, but it, but it really did. Like it, it. It was a unique program that ran its course for a period, and and I think it was uh, it was very very productive and unique in the scope of what it was able to accomplish and who it was able to reach out to. So. That's, I mean, that sounds amazing. Um, and I mean, the fact that Devin is, it was Devin the only pro that came out of that program? Yes. It's concerning. Um, but also, I mean, great. Absolutely fantastic. <laughs> the non-creeper van is also very, uh, a good point. Um, so that so that's kind of how you two ended up together. Um, Chris, where did you go after that? After you and uh, uh, kind of, I mean, did the program continue? Has it morphed into something today or... Yeah, so the the program was started when I had my first business, which was a three person LLC partnership. That business was then acquired by United Health Group, and I say acquired because legally I can't say we were purchased. And so that that became a program called Optum Performance or Optum Health Performance um, because of that. Because of that, we changed a little bit of the dynamic of the team. And the team became less of a priority for Optum or United Health Group as a uh, as a revenue generator because they, that's why they bought us. They were trying to generate revenue, so the program kind of I had to I had to, I had two options: I could shelve it or I could offload it. And so I ended up moving it down to a program that we kind of partnered with that I helped start up as well um, in Iowa called Z Three. Um, Z3 now is where athletes who would be part of the MJets would participate. Z3 is a, a larger group. They do have a localized training base, um, and they also have remote capabilities. But Z3 has uh, been very successful. They actually produced uh, Tamara Gorman, who is uh, one of our sl- uh, Olympic selections for Tokyo 2021 this year. Go oh, for well. athlete. Yeah, former go for athlete as well. Um, and uh, so – a uh, good uh, friend of mine, I've, uh, I'm proud to say. But uh, so that's kind of where MJets has moved now. I had a couple of bad experiences, I would say, in training camps outside of the state with other groups involving kids, some risk assessment. And as a coach, some of my uh, my focus had turned away from 
kind of developing the youth and junior program, which I felt I kind of ran that, I, I felt I, I ran that road down and I completed some of the things that I personally wanted to get out of it. It wasn't, it became difficult to, to continue. So my pursuits had, had left because UHC kind of, kind of forced it. When I started Final K after UH, after the UHC program kind of shelved, uh, I, I chose not to, I would say, uh, regenerate the program. It stayed at, at, at uh, down in Z three, and my focus has moved uh, has moved more towards uh, still developing age group athletes, uh, but also um, education with USAT. So I do a lot of online coaching. So if you do any level one, two, or level one or two programs uh, with USAT, you're going to probably see me talking to you. But also, I'm involved with the uh, para- U.S. Paralympic uh, triathlon training team as well. So I'm uh, working with uh, athletes in that pipeline and coaching um, in that development stream. So is that is that through Final K um, or is that kind of just USAT and then Final K is kind of your more one-on-one coaching service for age group athletes? It's a, a, a mixture of both. So when I'm coaching in, so the way USA Triathlon has it now, they use they have a team and they have a they have a so for athletes that are on the on the uh, the, the Olympic team living at the uh, the USOPTC, which is the uh, in Colorado Springs, there is an on-site coach. So he works with their daily development and their programming. Individual athletes may have a secondary coach outside of that that works on some of the secondary programming and helps them more personalize. That would be me. There are other people like Chris Palmquist, Mark Soriano, Wes Johnson, people that do that as well. So I'm wor- one of the athlete that I one of the athletes that I'm working with right now. Omar is um, he was a, uh, a he participated in the Winter Paralympic Games in Sochi as uh, in biathlon and three different Nordic events, and he's moving over to triathlon. So we're working in his uh, his shift and motivation to get to uh, Paris 2024. Um, so he and I work together as, and then once he gets onto the team, then he will receive support. He will receive assistance, but still I'm seen more as a contractor and then a, which would be brought in for individual services. And then for the team in general, I would be brought in to do teamwork, to travel to either races or camps, um, or, or games. Cool. Aaron, if you can't tell, Chris is what we would call a muckety muck. You're really, you're plugged in to USA Triathlon and you've, you've, um, you know, cause you pursued your, um, education through USA Triathlon and you've attained that level three status. You know, you ran the MJEP program for all those years and that was in a, you know, a very, for them really a pioneering elite junior program. And then, um, you've just been involved on the, now at your current level in educating as younger coaches are coming up, you know, teaching those, um, teaching the classes and continuing ed. Um, so you're plugged in, you're a muck. Have you not heard the term muckety muck? I have. I just hadn't heard it applied to me before. That's all. Yeah. Well, Devin, if the shoe fits, Devin, yeah, Devin, I have, I have horrible news. Are you not recording? It's been 16 minutes and 49 seconds and we have not yet verified Chris. Oh my gosh. But we have been recording. We have, we're, it's completely recorded, but oh. I might have to delete this now. Wow. Fair. Chris is not verified. Listen. Devin, please do your duties. Christopher Swarthout, do you ride a bike? Yes. Chris, true or false, you have children. 
Yes. Oh, thank God. And oh, just man. just to be clear, how many children? Whew. Four. Aaron. Whoa. We got a. Actually, I have two. He's no, no, no. We you're doing no, good just, numbers. We're just concerned about the children. The bikes. I mean, bikes come and go. Children kind of stick around. They don't seem to really uh, change all that much. <laughs> I trade that I trade both in on the regular. So <laughs> I'm, I am so thankful. I had a little bit of a heart attack there seeing that number, realizing that we had not vetted Chris. Thank nope. God. Thank you, Devin. He's I legit did not dead. want to delete all that. He's a legit dad. He's a legit cycling dad. He can be on the cycling dads podcast. Okay. And you know what? Even Aaron before, like before Devin had, before Devin was qualified as a dad, he was actually doing things with me as a dad. We went on runs where I'd push my kids and he would like, you know, just basically do a slow trot while I push the burly. Or we would uh, do training rides where I would be pulling two kids and basically a, a ginormous parachute behind me. And he's spinning easy and I'm at about 315 watts. So I would like, slow down, dude. And he's like, I can't slow down anymore. I'm in the small ring and like the 21. So I don't know what you're talking about. I've been dead adjacent for years, kind of seeing the lifestyle, mentally getting ready for the lifestyle. Once so, mentoring Devin for something else that he, you, wow. Chris, you are, you are Devin's cycling dad coach. You That's are right. the first specific cycling dad coach that we've had on the podcast. That leads me kind of to my next question, which is, you know, specifically, how do you as a cycling dad deal with kind of the struggles of the limited time, you know, having the kids with you not being able to get out for those four or five, you know, workouts a week, what are, what are the tips and tricks that you have given to Devin? Because he is, he is in shape. He's doing better this year. I, I, you know, we, we have our little updates on, on how he's doing. He's doing well this year. So whatever you're telling him is obviously working. The numbers are coming together. I know you keep texting. Right now, me, the Lycra is not nearly as stretched out as it was maybe like a year and a half ago. Um, so yeah, Devin actually is looking really good. I'm going, I'm, I'm kind of going the other way, but in all seriousness, you know, I, I had to, I think the things that you have to do as a dad, number one, you have to prioritize what's important for you. And I think this is where the struggle, the struggle bus comes in because many people, when you shift from being an athlete or a cyclist, you think about yourself and you're number one. And many things are easy to put on the back burner or to not prioritize. And that would be family time. And in the short term, that can exist. In the long term, those things will disintegrate. And so when you see single cycling dads, um, that's mainly because, or many times, because they have not prioritized their family, many, just like a lot of different things. So for me, I had, um, I had in the beginning really known that my bread is buttered by the things that my wife does for our family. And that's kind of how I got into coaching. I was a cop for 12 years before I coached. My wife helped me kind of jump out of that, out of that circle into this, this lifestyle. Um, so for me, my responsibility is the kids and I, I learned some of the benefits, especially with training with, with wattage on how, just how beneficial you can get a workout to be by simply pulling your kid on the, uh, you know, uh, on a, on a path, you know, at a high level. So I can, again, I can, I can, I can churn out a, a really good workout, pulling two kids behind me while they're watching iPads and eating Cheerios and I'm sweating my brains out. And for me getting outside, that's a big benefit for my kids getting outside. It's a big benefit. I feel like I'm winning because they're there. But again, I had to make sure that it's not just me going out for a singular ride, that it's me incorporating the kids and the family 
because that's really where the dynamic shift has to come. You have to embrace ways to fold in your family and involve them one way or another and say that they are now the priority. You can still stay fit. You can find some of those times, but they have to be that you have to think long. You have to think long-term. You have to think of the long game there. And if you don't, I think it's, I don't think it's sustainable. And I don't think you're going to see that lifelong ability to be a cycling dad. Well, the theme of making the most of your time um, and what do you have available? That's something you've always emphasized, you know, kind of the quality over quantity mindset and being very intentional with your training time spent because triathlon, you know, if you go to masters, but then you go to coffee after and blah, 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 you can end up spending a lot of time. And it's like, well, you could have achieved the same fitness gain with maybe a 40 minute effort instead of an hour of fiddle farting in the pool and then another hour of chit chat after. Yeah. It's like, it's like when you, so I designed a lot of work online now uh, in training peaks using FTP based, based programming. So hitting specific energy systems based off of FTP making sure that the testing is, is on a good mesocycle or on a current cycle where you're getting the information that it's where it's at now, not where you want it to be, not where you think it should be, not where you hope it should be, but where it actually is. So that if you're going to do like an hour and 10, hour and 15 minute ride indoors, maximizing time either in the morning, at night, over lunch, while the kids are taking a nap, that those are really specific and purposeful and they're actually going to benefit you for when you go outside or when you actually need that. Versus going outside, doing a social ride for two hours, three hours, may not get you the best bang for your buck. It's it's great for the social game. It's yep. great for, you know, like chit chat. And I think it's a, it's an essential element. But I don't think that's where the majority of cycling dad fitness should come from. It needs to be, you need to figure out how you're doing those. Zwift racing is a little bit different now in the, in the, in the use of that because it can change that intensity. But I do think still some of the basic elements of like, even you think back to the Troy Jacobson videos of spinnervals, you know, they're very specific. They were very high intensive. They were super quick and you got a lot of bang out of that. Same thing can happen now, but the additional uh, information that comes from power and FTP is vital to, I think, the, the development and the long-term stability or, or continuity of your of your programming, your training, and your uh, your, out, or your your racing. One yeah. of our good friends in triathlon, Kevin O'Connor, and kind of the he, I would say he's one of the stewards of the sport in the state. He was for twenty years there. Um, his observation was always: you can have your career, your family, and your hobby. You can only pick two of those. And I think, Chris, you and I have spent enough time in and around the sport. We certainly saw when someone, if the career was steady and they they already had a family and they got into the sport and they dove in a little too deep into the sport, there was a price to be paid. And we certainly saw, um, saw some families go through hardship or just frankly, you know, divorce was the end result of getting too intense about Ironman all of a sudden. Single cycling dads. Yep. Yeah. And what you were, (laughs) well, you were getting at Chris about the, the power based workouts and kind of making the most, uh, out of your time. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit lucky in that even before I had kids, I recognized that with cycling, I didn't do well with the longer, you know, kind of group ride, kind of social ride as a way to gain fitness. Um, I did much better and I was, I was lucky enough to be involved with Larry at the Vic studio and doing his, you know, Tuesday, Thursday, um, kind of, uh, power fix classes where it's an hour long, everything's based off of FTP, everything's focused on kind of, you know, 
early in the season, we're building up your engine and then kind of getting closer to your event. We're kind of, uh, uh, kind of specializing in what is that effort? Is it a four minute effort? Is it a five minute effort? Is it a six minute effort? Um, so that's, that's absolutely, you know, I'm, I'm reaping the benefits of that now as a cycling dad, because I don't, I, one, I can't take really more than four hours a week and train, um, cause I'll blow up. I'm just not built in that way, but I can do three hours and I can make them really good, um, hours based off of FTP training and, and be in a good place from there. Yeah. You um, have the sturdiness of a gamer. Yes. You know, I was always fortunate. I was built, I'm built sturdy. I'm not built like an elite athlete, but I'm built sturdy. So I very rarely had significant injuries in my career and I could do, you know, it, at my peak volume of training, I trained three 30 hour weeks back to back to back with substantial volumes of intensity in there. And it was not a huge issue. You know, I'm built, I'm built for the work and Aaron, you're just built. You have those sweet delicate bones. <laughs> you're just meant to be kind of sitting. And then once in a while, quick, you go do a little workout and that's all. Devin's real nice, wide childbearing hips. Yep. <laughs> I'm a workhorse. I, I actually have, ex, I, I uh, am a certified Serata bike fitter. And so going through that whole process, the, the, the crux of it for me was we were trying to figure out uh, saddle dimensions for me um, and the measurement device to figure out where the sit bones didn't work because mine were too narrow. Um, and so I have to find the narrowest, flattest saddle I can find. And it's, uh, it's, a, it's a trick. Let me tell you that. It's a trick. I do not have childbearing hips at all. Mm-mm. You podcasting hips. So let's hips. let's just revisit here, uh, Chris. This is one of the best stories of Chris and I's dynamic. Um, you know, because I'm a Bucky character sometimes. You know, I can be a little bit of a contrarian, and Chris has certainly seen that. We've had our ins what? and outs. Yeah, what? I can be. Hey, I can get yeah. a little chippy at times. No. Yeah, Aaron, I'm self aware enough to know that at times when someone is wrong, I can disagree with them. It is I can kind be disagreeable of, if you're wrong. It is kind of the the whole thing about this podcast. So, so the year is 2011. It's September. It's Ironman Wisconsin over in Madison. Chris is there supporting his athletes, um, being a good, being a good. Because uh, you support more than just your athletes, but you're cheering for everyone from Minnesota. So you're out on the big climb of the day on the bike course. Uh, I'm racing as a pro at that time. I swam really mediocre. I was hot in my wetsuit. I did a. V- really unfortunate swim um came out was riding fine i think i was a little riding a little ambitious but not horrible but i rode up into third place and i just passed stefan schmidt and he was sitting behind me and i got a flat so about third maybe 30 miles in i got a flat uh this was my on my tubular disc pop off change it took me eight minutes i timed it um Get back on, but I went from third place to 15th place. And so mentally, I, you know, I just kind of checked out. And so I finished that loop of the bike and then coming into the second loop up the climb, I see Chris, we're chatting. And I'm like, hey, I think I'm going to drop out. He's like, no, 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 no. He does all the right things. He says, you know, a lot of other people are going to fall apart. Just keep your composure. Keep focus. You can, you know, he's, he's saying all the right things and it's, you're on the bike. So it's, you have only moments to say these. I'm like, Nah, my parents are waiting at the bottom of this hill over here. I'm going to get in the Prius and get out of here. <laughs> and I did. It's a wow. true story. And the best part of that is there was one single photo that came out of that moment. 
It's so it's 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 documented. I have yep. it to you now. A couple of things happened from that photo. Number one, it was used as a marketing piece because I'm wearing, you know, a branded shirt for the comp for Optum at the time. Devin's got his pro bib hanging backwards so you can see he's a pro. I'm like I'm running alongside him. I'm actually like looking at him, like you know, pointing at him. And Devin's kind of like sitting up looking at me. So we like there's obviously We're both gesticulating with our hands in the moment. Yes, we're very, very we're very Italian talking mm-hmm. with our hands. <laughs> well, hey, careful with the racial stuff there. Wait, can we say that? How is that racial? Italian? <laughs> it's cultural. They're cultural. a sensitive people. Okay, okay. Continue. <laughs> They're a great cycling culture, so I'm just articulating why they are so good. So we're talking back and forth, and there, and it's captured. It's a beautiful photo, perfectly framed, nothing else in there, and it's used for like a couple of marketing campaigns, and eventually it is used as a pitch deck, in, or in a pitch deck that we made as United Healthcare made to Ironman to create their uh, their own branded Ironman coaching program, which I was involved with developing at the time. And this was kind of like, I was like, okay, am I going to sell out USAT to do this? And kind of was working both ways. We developed a pitch deck that, that was that went to Ironman. Ironman tried to squeeze us for a ton of money, went nowhere. It ended up falling by, by, you know, away from the vine. A year later, Ironman rolls out their own branded coaching program. And on their website brochure is that effing photo <laughs> it's like it's what? The best it's the best capture of like what coaching and, and 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 athletes look like together and they use that and gave zero credit to us and i was peeved from moment one when i saw that they took all of our intellectual property and rolled it out they took the photo of Devin and i and use that as essentially their banner ad and we got no credit for it no credit wow. and little do they wow. know it wasn't a successful moment in coaching. It was the best photo op you could ever ask for. But little does anyone know, here I went and dropped out anyways, immediately after talking to you. It was like, it was, it was like, the, it, it, it's like, you can't trust a photo because it told photos lie. Yep. That's, well, like, that's the, like the epitome of Instagram right there. Exactly like, right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Exactly right. We were Instagram dads. But we, wow. I mean, Chris, you and I, just from that angle, you and I have been lucky because um, we've, it's been probably 15 ish years, 14 years, because we maybe met in 07. Yeah. But a couple of our best moments together have been captured beautifully and in large part because we know like Nick Morales, we know Carrie Yinstead. So we know a couple of the local folks who get excellent photos. And so there's the one, truly one of the best photos I would say is, um, after the first really big race where I, I really did good. And, um, you were on the call, you were announcing the race and I come through and catching, catching that embrace afterwards. Um, yeah, that was like a golden moment. That was at lifetime. Oh, nine. Oh, nine. And Devin was, and Devin comes in and, and that year you won the amateur race as a male. And Kathy Instead won the won the women's race as a as a female as the amateur. I actually coached both of you at the same time. Um, Final case sporting services for coaching information. And if, uh, hey, if you like winning, give him a call. Exactly. No big deal. No, uh, but it was. But it, Aaron, if you saw it, it is. It's a side view, and there is. It's it's pure exuberance on both sides. Number one, I was so proud and happy of what Devin had accomplished because we had worked for so long. And to see him actually do that in such a, a great format in probably the best place we could have ever hoped for, because at the time it was maybe the 
largest triathlon in the in the tri-state area um, from a, both a pro and amateur standpoint. And it, and, and I, I'm holding it like we're in like a full-on embrace. And it is it it was that moment that I would I would agree with you, Devin. It, it captured like it captured one of the rare like moments that we had where it was that's that was what we did. You know, that was what we shared. And I think that's maybe at, at the root of why it was like, you know, cause I, when you, when you left, when you left triathlon and you kind of went into coaching and I wanted you to kind of be still with me and close. And then you kind of left and did your own thing. And it was really hard because Aaron, I was like, Aaron, you have to understand, like we do have kind of this, this, this parent child relationship to a point. Right. And I, I just had to, you know, I had two options when, when that happened, I could like just hate him and never talk to him again. Or you do like, you know, like parents do you, you let your kids go and you let them pursue the things that they want, knowing that it's best for them. It's not you, it's best for them. And that eventually that, that, that things will come back and you, and it's not the end of the, 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 the relationship. And that's really kind of, I think where everything kind of came full circle. It was hard to let, to not be right there with Devin every moment to let him find his own thing. And that's where kind of the, the real estate stuff came from. And, and, and I, and for me, that's, that's kind of been my dad relationship with him. And that's in, in that state. And we still do cycling together. So we still, so it's me, like me cycling with one of our kids. Um, but it, it's, it really has created probably one of the most unique relationships that I've ever had with a, with an athlete. Um, and I cherish it. That's, that's awesome. Aaron, are you, is that a tear in your eye? It's a little bit of a tear. I, I do feel like um, that's a tale as old as time, right? Like you you raise your child and your child goes off and they have to they have to do their own thing, right? So they usually reject what you've given them, right? Which in this case is Final K Sporting Services. For those who want to win, please check it out, finalk.com. And, and Devin rejected you and he went on his own way. And then uh, years down the road, you're both on each other's podcasts, reconciling. That's, I mean, that is... Podcasts, bringing the world back together bringing the world back together. So I, I do hate to do this because this is such a, a fantastic conversation. And Chris, we definitely have to have you on again. Um, uh, I don't care what Devin says. Um, what What do you want to wrap up with? What is the thing? You know, I think what you just said it is amazing. But is there anything you want to wrap up with as we uh, finish the podcast today? So talking specifically to cycling dads, number one, realize where the priority in your life is. And that's the people that are always going to be with you. Cycling can come and go. Things can happen. It'll cycling will always be there in some form. Your family may not always be if you don't treat them with, with, with the attention and respect that they need. Find a way to fold the two together that incorporates not only your love of cycling, but your love of your family. There's a lot of ways to do that. Final case sporting services can help you find that way. But, but yes. really, prioritize and know where, know where your bread is buttered. Never, never let that leave your site, even at any, at, at any cost. I love it. Wise love words. It. Appreciate it, Chris. Thank you for coming on. My yes. Thing. Thank you, Chris, so much. We'll, uh, we'll have you on again and, uh, we'll talk about, I don't know where your relationship is now with Devin. I'm, I'm feeling more and more like a therapist as this goes on. To be clear, to be clear, I've always thought of him as either more uncle or like a really older brother. He has always been very paternal and I've I've always viewed him more as like, oh yeah, he's my kind of whole Uncle Chris. I'm the Uncle Jesse. Okay. <laughs> Uncle Jesse, that's right. Uncle Jesse of Devon. 
Thanks again for listening. Be sure to subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts. Our next episode comes out Monday, April 12th.